stepping up, stepping out. That's our theme for this year. We look forward to that as God's going to use it. You might remember uh, 2022. We said 2022 was 2020 do. You remember that? Good job. Well, my little grandson, he's 10, I think. He told me that 2024 is 2020 more. <laughs> ah, that little guy, he's on it, that's for sure. So I don't know what you call him. Todd doesn't make resolutions. He told us that. Uh, but he makes plans and he has some growth steps, right? So I looked and Googled. I thought of all the different synonyms I could come up with. I did a little thesaurus search too. Aims, aspirations, commitments, declarations, desires, do's and don'ts, dreams, goals, growth, habits, I should, I will, intentions, next steps, plans, priorities, resolutions, whatever, who cares? <laughs> and some of you are there, whatever, doesn't matter, whatever God's going to do. it. And who cares? Who gives a rip about all this stuff, right? Well, you know all the things you can say about that, right? If you aim at nothing, you'll hit it every time. And you will. Got to aim at something. You got to aim at something, my friends. We're going to talk about a lot about that even this morning. Uh, you've probably heard this: a New Year's resolution is something that goes in one year and out the other. <laughs> we all know that. Uh, you know, we're on day seven, and hopefully, probably some of your resolutions, your goals, your growth steps, you're still doing good on, right? No, no, no. <laughs> sure, you are. Some of you are working on it. And so I want to encourage you, keep after it. So maybe for you, as we've talked in the past, and you've probably been reading some articles about it, maybe just one word for the year. This is one word. This is what I'm going to concentrate on. Maybe it's grateful or thankful. Uh, maybe it's commitment. Maybe it's discipline. Uh, well, whatever it might be. This might be one word that would fit for you. I thought about that, and as I thought about Terry Schwartz's sermon last Sunday, uh, the, 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 the word that came to me was behold. As he talked about what is what is worship and awe-inspiring. This is this is who we are. Behold, and I thought that was a good one. And then, as he went through his sermon, another word came to me that was embrace. That was even in one of the songs we sang just a moment ago. Let's embrace embrace his love, right? I thought that would really be a good one too. But then I just kept coming back to this, coming back to what what got me. Even what my little grandson Paul said, "More, more. I just want more of Jesus this year." And I want more people to be a part of what he wants. As I've quoted to you in the past, less of self and more of Jesus, more and more each day, like, like thee, just to live in full surrender for my Lord who ransomed me. That's what I want. And, and it comes from, I got a book right here by uh, Kip Drown. Kip was the uh, basketball coach at CSU Pueblo back 2010, somewhere in there for about 10 years. Great coach. Moved on to Georgia. And uh, he's not coaching anymore, but he's writing a book. And it's just really good, called More. And so I started reading this as he sent, sent a copy to me. Matter of fact, I'm even in the introduction. My name's right there. One of the pastors has made a difference in his life. I haven't gotten too many books so far. <laughs> but, you know, that, that, that impacted me. I had a, I had a part of his life. It, it's, it, it, it's all for him, but, but I had a part of his life. Now, he mentions 30 other pastors, too. no. <laughs> He mentions the pastors that have impacted his life. Um, we had a good relationship together, but man, it, he, he's, he's, he's a sharp, sharp man. And I want more. It's God causing, there's nothing wrong with praying for more of what God wants for us. I want more of you, Jesus. 
I want to run into your arms more. I'm going to decide to follow you more every day. That's my one word. Now I got some other goals too that I'm going to go for, but man, that, that just impacted me. And so however it is, maybe pick that word. Maybe have those aims, those aspirations, those growth steps, those next steps, whatever it is, get something, go for something with Jesus this year. Brad Calgar is a friend of mine. He pastored Monument Hill Baptist Church. You see it on the east side of Monument Hill up there for 23 years. Pastored him, helped out on our Colorado Baptist over in the western slope for a number of years. And his son's a pastor up in Beulah, uh, Isaac Calgar, uh, following after his dad. He's a great servant, great servant. And I read this on his Facebook post <coughs> on, uh, on uh, whatever day the first was, Monday, right? He said this, when I was young, I loved the new year. It meant a new vision, new plans, and new possibilities. I think in some ways I tried to remake myself each year. Not sure that I think that way anymore. I do have new goals and plans for 2024, but they all come from the same five values I came up with when I retired. It was a few years back. He said, I call it smile. S, serve the Lord. M, manage my assets and investments. I, Invest in family and friends. L, live healthy. And E, explore the world. He said, I, I think it helps with my stress level and improves my productivity when I don't feel the pressure to remake myself each year. I wish I would have understood this 40 years ago. Oh, well, I'm a slow learner. <laughs> Brad's got a great sense of humor. But maybe that'll work for you. Simply just use that smile and just put some goals, aspirations, some dreams, some thoughts under each of those that, that we all have. Those are all part of our lives. We have things that we have to manage, our assets, our investments, might be debts too. We, we all want to serve the Lord, amen? We all want to invest in people's lives. We want to, all want to live healthy, and hopefully maybe you're even doing that so far well this year. That's something for you. and. We all want to explore the world. God, what do you have for us? What, how do I want to grow and how do I want to move towards you? Well, those are just skip, excuse me. Some things to give there. Maybe you just need to have some daily goals. Uh, we're Thursday morning as we were together at a men's group. A couple of men there have had, had deliverance from alcohol. And they said this, one of the AA goals is just don't drink today. That's a really good goal really good goal. Today, I want to have victory. I want to honor the Lord, and I just don't want to take a drink today. Maybe it's for a monthly goal. Mine is four pages a day in my one-year Bible. That's what it takes to get to 14,000, or one, 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 four, five, five, I think is what it is, right around there. I got to do four pages a day. But sometimes I might miss a day, and so it's easy for me to go, okay, I need to, at the end of the month, I need to be at, let's see, 31 days times 4 is 124. I need to be at page 124 by the end of January so I can be on target to be able to finish for the year. I got behind in November and December a little bit, and I had to spend a Friday spending about 18, or reading about 18, 20 pages. You know what, that was a really good 18 or 20 pages. But whatever it is for you, set some goals out there. Give yourself some things to shoot for. And to see what God wants to do in your life. Because the only guaranteed result is failure if you do nothing. You don't have a place to go, plan to have. That's what you're looking for. Or as we've said today, if you aim at nothing, you'll be successful every day. And another gentleman, as we were meeting together on Thursday morning, was talking about target practice. He was talking about 
getting ready for bow season. And he said this, he had somebody tell him basically these words, don't just aim at the target if you want to hit the bullseye. That's not going to help you out. Aim for the bullseye because that's what you got to do if you're going to go out there and you're going to shoot a deer or an elk or whatever it is, right? You got to aim for the bullseye because that's where you wanted to go. Just don't try to hit the target. Shoot and have a goal to learn how to get to that bullseye. So here are some of my goals for the year. The first one should be fairly, really, really obvious. I got to learn how to pray before I eat my meals. <laughs> It's seven days into the new year, and I didn't even pray for breakfast again this morning. Oh, my goodness. I got to get that down. And some of you are praying for my breakfast for me. <laughs> when you're eating, dear Lord, bless Pastor Scott's breakfast, because he's not going to remember to pray for his breakfast this morning. <laughs> so that's one of my goals, just to get that down. I, I pray every morning. I haven't missed a day in over five years, six years. But I cannot remember to pray when I'm praying for my breakfast. I pray that I can remember when I'm praying to pray for my breakfast. It's usually only a few minutes later, so I need to get that down. Um, i got to read the book Unoffendable again, because I'm getting offended by too many things lately. <laughs> got to go back to that book and read that book again. It's a great read. It was really a joy to read it, and it really did help me out. Um, I do have a weight goal that I need to get to to protect my weight to live healthy. And i got to work on that so that I can reduce that uh, pre-diabetic uh, possibility. Um, I need to make some contacts with the Arkansas Valley guys, pastors. We've brought the Arkansas Valley pastors into our Royal Gorge Baptist Association. Kind of they're part of us now. And um, I, I'm, I'm kind of in charge of that, to be able to reach out to those guys and help them grow and mature develop a team of people to be able to minister to those guys out there too because it's tough out there in the Arkansas Valley every town's at least 50-60 miles away from each other they don't have the ability that we have here in Pueblo we have seven you know six uh, Southern Baptist churches right here Canyon City's close and Florence is close and we can tie together pretty easy but it's tough out there for the brothers and most of them are bivocational they work another job and they pastor the other you know 75 hours of their life I want to be able to minister to those guys and care for them. That's one of the goals. Um, I also have another one that should be pretty obvious. I've got to get an associate pastor. <laughs> we keep praying for that. Um, it was hard on Friday to talk with Kevin and graciously, just so graciously, just said, just don't feel like it's what God has for us. And you, we, we got, we're all right about that. We prayed for each other. So we'll, I'll add them to my prayer list and pray for them as they seek the Lord. But those are some goals that I have, and uh, I appreciate that. Uh, you want to share your goals with me? Glad to, glad to know what those are, too, and encourage you in that. The first thing is I thought putting together this sermon, and some of this comes from reading, well, a lot of it comes from reading articles this past couple weeks, is we need to focus on Jesus as much as we can in 2020 more. Todd did a great job of pulling everything together. He didn't know where I was going. I send him my sermon on Saturday afternoon when I finish it, so at least he has an idea. But he already picked the songs. Talk about the Lord bringing it all together, huh? Turn your eyes upon Jesus. <laughs> Let's focus on Jesus as much as we can this year. You see, because focus can minimize fears and it can maximize directions and decisions in our life. Focus can minimize those, direction, those distractions and maximize direction decisions. Focus can, 
can, and on anything can minimize fear and maximize fruit. As we focus in on what God has for us, it can take away those thoughts about fear and it can bring fruit into our life. Let me, let me try it now. Let me see your eyes. Yeah, it's kind of uncomfortable, isn't it? You can barely see mine, I know. But there's focus that's taking place here. Did you see that person walk out? No, you didn't, because nobody really walked out, okay? But the fact is, if you were focusing, you probably wouldn't have seen that person walk out. That's what focus does for us. It keeps us right there. keeps us in the moment, in the present, to be able to do that. And we need to do that with Jesus. We need to focus. There's a little parenting tip for parents that are out there with young kiddos. The kid might be a little bit fidgety, might have a hard time paying attention. One thing that can help out and work is just ask them to put their hands together, put them in their lap, or put them on the table. And that brings them together again. It doesn't always work, but it's been thrown. We've seen it. We've used it. You just do this. And it helps focus to come back in to where it should be. Maybe sometimes you adults need to try that too. <laughs> you get all fidgety, you can't figure out what to do. Maybe just put your hands together. Well, maybe you could just go like this too. That would work too. Focus. Let's focus on Jesus as much as we can this year. I know you'd agree with these thoughts from Sarah Holliday. She's writing for Family Research Council. Read these thoughts in an article she had this week. She said this, Focusing on Jesus strengthens our relationship with Him. Focusing on Jesus increases our affection for Him. Focusing on Jesus emboldens our faith. And focusing on Jesus is what enables us to persevere through persecution and difficult times. And keep our focus on Him. Interesting, the, the author of Hebrews... We don't know exactly who wrote Hebrews, but the author of Hebrews understands this, fix your eyes and focus on Jesus, as he says in chapter 3, verse 1. Therefore, holy brothers, holy sisters, people who know the Lord Jesus Christ, who share in the heavenly calling of what God has done for us, he's called us into his kingdom. Fix your thoughts on Jesus, the apostle and high priest, whom we confess. Fix your thoughts on him. Put your thoughts on Him. He continues that thought as we look at Hebrews chapter 12, verses 1 through 3. He used this passage yesterday in the memorial service we had for Janice Cadeau yesterday. As Debbie, the mom, asked me to preach on this and to share the thoughts on this. Therefore, since we are surrounded by such a great cloud of witnesses, let us throw off everything that hinders the, the sin that so easily clings and entangles us. And let us run the race with perseverance. Fixing our eyes on Jesus. Don't just fix your thoughts on Him. Fix your eyes. Fix your whole being on Him. The author, the founder, the perfecter of our faith, who for the joy that was set before Him endured the cross, despising the shame, and now sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. Consider Him who endured such hostility so that you would not grow weary in the race and lose heart in the race. Focus in on Him. Keep Him before you. Not just like we do at Christmas time, when we have this focus on Him, right? Carry that through. Every day can be a Christmas day. 
thinking and focusing on Him. Paul says this in Colossians chapter 3, If then you've been raised with Christ, seek the things that are above, where Christ is seated at the right hand of God. Set your mind on things that are above, not on earthly things. Seek Him. Pursue Him. Keep your focus on Him. Focus on Jesus as much as you can in 2020 more. Years ago, I read this quote and said this, Keep your eyes focused on the eternal side of life. That agrees exactly what Paul said. Not on the earthly things. Keep your eyes focused on the eternal side of life. Somebody else wrote this past week as I was reading Nardo, Make resolutions that last into eternity. Make resolutions. Have plans. Have aims, aspirations, intentions, dreams. Have those plans that would make us and help us move into eternity. One of the verses that I've been working on memorizing here lately, and uh, I've memorized in the past and working on it again, pulled it out just a couple months ago, uh, from Psalm 143, 143.8. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I put my trust in you. Show me the way I should go, for to you I entrust my life. Man, it's a good verse. Let the morning bring me word of your unfailing love. For I trust in you. My, my aim is on you. My focus is on you. Show me the way they go, because I need to know that. For to you I entrust my life. For to you I'm going to focus on. I'm going to move towards you. I'm going to pursue you my heart, my soul, my mind, and my strength. But then I was reading in the Daily Bread. It was on Wednesday. This verse came out. It's like, oh man, that's almost the same verse. Look at it up there. Read it with me. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope in you. Read it again with me. May your unfailing love be with us, Lord, even as we put our hope going, man, that's like, that's almost like Psalm 143.8. The same thought. Focus. Fix my eyes on. Pursue Him with everything we got. So that's the verse I'm going to work on trying to get down there too. Then Thursday morning group, our Thursday morning group, man, shared some good things. We talk about the, the upcoming sermon. They share thoughts as I tell them kind of where I'm going and what God's kind of leading me to do. And they share thoughts. And Kenny Dent brought out this verse. It's so good. Psalm 105, verse 4. Seek the Lord in His strength. Seek His presence continually. Oh man, that fits my point one. Really good. <laughs> Let's focus on Jesus as much as we can. Seek His presence continually. Kenny puts it this way. That's continuous, constant, conscious, continuous, conscious contact. I can almost say it. Continuous conscious contact. That's what we have. I tried to put it as in the focus thought. Faithful, fixed, focus. That's what we need to have in 2020 more. Have more of Him to focus more on Him, to think more about Him. God, show me Your presence. Help me to remember You. Help me to pray for my breakfast and my lunch and my dinner. <laughs> focus. Focus on Jesus as much as we can. Maybe I can just put it this way. You probably never even heard this before, except for last week, maybe. Jesus, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. 
Some of you need to get that a little bit better. Say it with me. Jesus, nothing more, nothing less, nothing else. And if you could remember that this year, that, that little phrase, you'd be pursuing that. Focus on Jesus as much as you can. Turn your eyes upon Jesus. Focus on Jesus as much as you can. I have decided to follow Jesus. Focus on Jesus as much as you can. <clears throat> I picked those songs out before he knew what I was preaching. Secondly, let's be in the Word as much as we can. Let's be in the Word as much as we can. I heard years ago, I went to a navigator training navigators up in the, the uh, Colorado Springs area where the headquarters are, Glen Erie. They disciple men, started a Dawson Trotman, came to Christ in the Navy, and he began to disciple people and disciple people and disciple people. And out of that came this great, great movement. When I was at this seminars back in Amarillo, back in the 80s, a man said, here's one of my goals. said, no Bible, no breakfast. If he just said no prayer, no breakfast, I'd be hungry a lot. <laughs> but what a good motto to live by. I'm going to get into the Bible. I'm going to feed myself spiritually before I feed myself physically. Now, maybe as you, maybe you read your Bible. I've been reading my Bible at nighttime. Maybe it's this. No, no Bible, no bed. Just good little thoughts to help us get into the Word of God, to remember, let's get into the Bible. Let's get into the Word as much as we can in this year. You might have, uh, might have heard this song. The B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me. I stand alone on the Word of God, the B-I-B-L-E, Bible! That song's just got all the truth that we can eat right there. That's what we need. We teach our little kids that. They grow with it. They got their little Gideon New Testament. They hold it up there in the nursery and the preschool. They sing it out. But man, we ought to be singing that verse every day. That's the book for me. And only can be the book for you if you get into the book. Can't say something's for us if we don't do anything about it, right? Make it a part of your life every day, whether it's morning, whether it's nighttime, whether it's in the afternoon. It doesn't matter. Put the Bible into your heart, God's Word, into your heart. The Lord commanded Joshua to make the book his. Joshua 1.8. This book of the law shall not depart from your mouth, but you shall meditate it on it, on it day and night. And then you may be careful to do all that is written in it. For then you will make your way prosperous, and then you will have good success. Anybody here not want to be prosperous? Anybody here want to not have good success? Oh, I don't want to be a good success. I just want to be a bad success. Every one of us wants that in our spiritual life. He's not talking about finances. He's talking about their walk with God. The Lord commands him, Joshua, make the book yours. This is what you have. And they, they, didn't, they didn't have the big book like us. And the Torah, five books, five books, make it yours. We got the whole thing, a lot more great direction to be able to follow. Make it yours, Joshua, because you're going to need as you lead the children of Israel into the promised land. 
David wholeheartedly states in Psalm 119 that the book is for him. Psalm 119, 176 verses. I think there's three or four verses that don't have a synonym for the Word of God, law, commandments, precepts, decrees. There are a few verses in there, but almost every one of them says something about the law, all that God has for us, what God has for us. Man, he's saying, the book is mine. The book is mine. It's for me. When he says, how shall a young man keep his way pure? By taking heed to thy word. He goes on to say in the next verse, I will, with all my heart I will seek you. Let me not wander from your commandments, for I've stored up your word, I've hidden your word in my heart, that I might not sin against you. To put the word into his life, he says, the book's for me. I need it. And to keep myself moving toward him, pursuing him, focusing on him, I need his, his book. There's a handwritten note in John Bunyan's Bible. John Bunyan wrote the great classic, Pilgrim's Progress. Many of you have read that, or you've maybe seen it on the screen, or you've read the children's version. But he says this, this book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. This book will keep you from sin, or sin will keep you from this book. And he understood the book was for him. He made it a part of his life, and he wanted that, and... David goes on to say, your word is a lamp unto my feet and a light unto my path. I need your guidance. I need your help. I want to pursue you. I want to keep my focus on you. I want it to be the lamp. I want it to be the light in my life. Paul reminds Timothy of the help the book will be to him and the inspiration of the book. And you know these verses, 2 Timothy 3, 16 and 17. All scripture is God-breathed. All scripture is inspired by God and is profitable for teaching, for correction, for reproof, and for training in righteousness so that the man of God may be thoroughly equipped and adequate for the task that's before him. It's profitable for everything that we need, for teaching in our life for reproof when we don't do what we need to do and explains, it corrects us, it helps us to do the right thing and then it continues on and trains us in righteousness so that we as men and women of God, His children, can be adequate, we can be prepared, we can complete what He wants us to do and every good work for us. So let me ask you, what's your B-I-B-L-E, yes, that's the book for me, reading plan this year? If it's the book for you, if it's the book for me, what's your plan? Come up with one. We've got lots of opportunities to be able to help you out. Maybe you can say, I'm going to read the Bible an entire year like, like I do every year. Go through. You, you'll map it out, however it works for you, four pages a day, whatever it might be. Maybe you say, that, well, that's pretty big for me. Okay, then do it in two years. Map it out. How many pages do you need to read? Maybe you're going to listen to the Word. A number of you do that. Go to Uversion. Y-O-U version. Great app. Got different Bible reading plans for you there to get you in the Word of God. It'll even pop up on your screen, and it'll tell you, this is where you need to read today. guess I need that for my prayer life, don't I? <laughs> I need to pray. The Navigators have a plan. Some of them are out there on the information table. The Gideons have a plan. It's, it's right here, and many of you use the daily bread. The plan is right here. It's in the open windows, the devotionals we pass out there. Numbers of ways to get into the book and to have a plan for you to be able to read the Word of God. I want to encourage you, bring your Bible to church. 
I know I have an open up day, but I've given you it there. But next week, as we start Second Peter, that's a project for you. Three chapters. How about joining me in, in reading those three chapters every week? Not too many verses in there. About 65, I think, something like that. Probably take you five minutes. Be a great way. It's a plan. It just trying to give you an uh, opportunity to be able to study and look at the word for that. Let me encourage you to this. When I put verses up on the screen, quote them silently as I'm quoting them. That's what I do when I go and I listen to preachers. I just quote the verses with them. I give what I can. Sometimes I have them memorized like you have them memorized. Just quote them silently in your heart. That'll help you to do that. There's a reason why I ask you every once in a while to read the verses on, sc- on the screen. First is this, to wake you up. I know what it's like to sit there. 43 years of ministry, 21 of them I was an associate pastor, youth pastor. I sat out there where you sat every Sunday. And I got distracted just like you get distracted. And I get tired just like you get tired. Yeah, then that one, you're sitting on the front row and your pastor sees you go like that. It's pretty embarrassing. I understand that, and I do that purposely. One, to wake you up, not to wake you up, but to keep you focused. Hmm, focused, first point. But secondly, so that the Word gets into you, and you can get the Word into you. To help you out. To help you see it, to read it. And so the Word gets into you. And it might stick with you just a little bit more if you read it, and you hear it. Because we know those things help. But, but just silently, even if I don't ask you to do that, just read it silently in your mind. Say it enough so you can hear it in your ears, in your heart. Because that will help you to put it into your mind. It will help you to know where it's at and to grow in it. You know, once we get the Word into us, you know what we need to do? We need to let the Word get out of us. Isn't that what he says in James chapter 1, 22? But be hearers of the word. Not merely, not be hearers, don't be hearers of the word, right? But be doers of the word. So you don't deceive yourself. I kind of got 17 versions in that time, little verse. Right? What are we supposed to do with the word? Let's practice the word. Do the word. Put it to apply in your life. Not just get it here, but then give it out. Share it with somebody. Live it out. Do what it says, right? Obey it as a part of what you do. I want to encourage you to memorization. Again, I mentioned to you Psalm 143. I'm working on that, trying to, to do a better job of memorizing Scripture. And one of the ways that I'm trying to do that is go back to two verses, but I'm also trying just to memorize these um, little verses at the top of the page on the daily bread. They give you just a little deal in here. So I've been trying to, to memorize them. Um, I know it's going to, I'm not going to get them all because it's pretty hard to do. Even seven, eight, nine, ten words a day, just trying to remember those through the day. I can't even remember to pray for my meal. How am I going to remember this, right? <laughs> so I got one of them down. The sun always goes up, and the sun always goes down. <laughs> well, that's pretty close. It's in Ecclesiastes. I can get the tough verses, right? But I'm trying just to go through these just a little bit more and try to try to memorize them. Because it would give me, if I could get a verse or even get four verses a week, that would be be significant to be able to work on. So feel free to ask me how I'm doing. 
can you always use the help and the accountability on that? But that's something I'm trying to do. And I know you're saying, oh, I can't memorize. No, I know you can memorize. Because I know you memorize things. They've been a part of your life for years. Just a matter of whether we want to focus in on doing it. Maybe you don't memorize the whole verse, but remember you remember the part of it. That'd be great. That's a great thing to do. Just get, get part of it down. That's what's here. Just parts of verses. But you can memorize. It's just a matter of focus. It's a matter of taking the time to be able to do it. I'd love to join with you in that. So that's what I'm working on. Did I tell you that I'm preaching Second Peter starting next week? And I gave you the challenge, right? What's the challenge? Read it. Read it. You can do it. We read it every week for however long we do it, eight weeks, nine weeks, whatever it takes to go through it. Man, you could you know that first you can know that thing very, very well, that study in grace and knowledge, growing in the grace and knowledge of the Lord Jesus Christ. The beautiful ladder in the first part, the first chapter. Second uh, Peter, beautiful ladder that's given right now. All right, let's focus in on Jesus as much as we can this year. Nothing new there. Let's be in the Word as much as we can this year. But thirdly, let's, let's join in community as much as we can this year. We think about the word community, commune. Commune means to, to be with somebody or something. Unity meaning to be at one with, in agreement with. You think about that word and what it communicates, to, to be with somebody and then to be at one. And certainly that's what fellowship is. Fellowship is centering around Jesus, a group of people coming together, centered around Jesus to encourage one another, to help each other grow and to move toward Jesus Christ. And we have that community as we gather together here at Majestic. It's the family of God here at Majestic. One of the articles I read this past week, an author and pastor David Murray wrote that Christians, as with humans in general, need community. We need community. We've been created for community. But that community, he says, must begin with God. You can have all the company in the world, he said, but no amount of marriage, family, church, or friendships will substitute for the foundational loneliness we'll experience if we try to live a, live a life apart from God. We need community, and you have it in various places in your life, but Nothing satisfies, nothing's like the community we have with God, the unity we have with God, being with God and being one with God. And Jesus knew that. He shared that together with it in John chapter 15, verse 5. He shared, I am the vine, I am the vine, you are the branches. Whoever abides in me and I in him, he it is that bears fruit, much fruit. What does it say at the end? For apart from me, for apart from me, you can do nothing. For apart from me, you can do nothing. We have to be in community with Him. With Him. And at one with Him. And if you don't know Jesus as your Savior today, invite Him to come and be a part of your life. He gave His life for you. He loves you so much. He gave His life for you died on the cross so that he would take your penalty he would take your sin upon himself so that you wouldn't have to someday pay the penalty for your sin what you deserve for your sin believe in him accept him confess your faith in him commit your life to him say yes to him today and find forgiveness of sin find joy and peace that needs to be a part of your life 
You see, the world understands community. You understand that? Lone Ranger had Tonto. Why did they call him the Lone Ranger anyway? <laughs> Three Stooges had Larry, Moe, and Curly. Annie Griffith had Barney, Opie, and Aunt B. Cheers had characters. Friends had friends. <laughs> the world understands that. And we need to better understand that, the importance of community. Jesus lived in community with his disciples. He could have done it alone. He didn't need those guys. No, he, he did need those guys. That's why they worked together. That's why they lived together for three years. Shared their lives together. Part of what God had. The early church in Acts chapter 2 lived in community. They, they devoted themselves to the apostles' teaching, to fellowship, to the breaking of bread, and to prayer. They lived in community with one another. Paul traveled with Paul, with Silas, and Timothy, and Barnabas. Lived in community and encouraged and exhorted community. But I want to encourage you. It's in the bulletin every week to take a next step toward community and join us in a small group. Join us in Sunday school. you got time for it. It'll be that beneficial for you. You need to be cared for and you need to care for other people. That is biblical. That is what God calls us to do. And I'm glad that you're here. If you're not involved in the Sunday school, I'm glad that you're here. But I want you to take that next step. And I want to thank those who took the next step in 2023. A number of you did. A number of you took that next step this past year. And you got involved in a small group. And you got involved in Sunday school. Yes! Yes! I am so proud of you. But I want to encourage others. Take that next step. Get involved with a community of believers and grow with them care for one another, be a part of their lives, and let them be a part of your lives and share together what God is doing in your life. Love my Thursday morning guys group, getting together with those brothers. Sitting around the table, we talk, have fun, laugh, make fun of each other, things like that. But man, it's powerful. Thank you to all our small group leaders, our Sunday school teachers for encouraging. Yeah, you're right. Thank you for devoting yourself to bringing us together, working really hard at that. It's a, it's a joy, and we're so thankful for you, what God's doing in your life. Community, as we think about it, there's a community in the church that God wants to do there, but there's also a community out there that we need to reach to. So they too can have what we have as Christians coming to know Jesus Christ, the locale where you're at, the neighborhood that you're in, the place that you work, place where you maybe you recreate, uh, shop, those places where those people we need to step out into their lives and be a part of their lives and shine the light of Christ into their hearts, into their world. So I want to encourage you to do that this year in Matthew 28. Go therefore into all the world and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father and of the Son and the Holy Spirit and teaching them to observe everything I've commanded you and I'm always with you even to the end of the age. 
Next week, I'm going to ask you to come, and I'm going to ask you to write out those ones. Who's my one? Who's that one person I want to come to know Jesus Christ? I'm going to ask you to write that on the card next week, as I've done every year for about the past six or seven years. I got that list. I pray through it every Sunday morning. That's my prayer list. And I want to pray for you, and I want to pray for your ones, that we would have them come to know Jesus Christ so that 2020 would be 2020 more for them and come to know Jesus Christ. I'm going to remember to do that. And you want to do it now? You can, but next week we're going to talk specifically about that. Who do we want to come to know Jesus Christ? How's the Lord leading you to step up and step out? I don't know if you have any goals for the year, but I gave you three. Focus on Jesus as much as you can. Be in the Word as much as you can. Join in community as much as you can. Those are three pretty good goals, don't you think? Yeah, you better say yes. <laughs> they work. They work. So if that helps you, take those, put some things in between there, some objectives, whatever it is between there. That Okay, that's this is what it would mean for me to focus on Jesus. This is what it means to be in the Word. This is what it would mean for me to join in community. And see what God does in 2021. Well, you think about community, you think about communion, the Lord's Supper, called communion. We recognize that we are with Him. We recognize we want to be at one with Him. So when we share together, we have these elements. And you probably have them there before you. Let me read. We talk about steps today from First Peter. Chapter 2. He speaks, Peter, servants, be subject to your masters with all respect, not only to the good and gentle, but also to the unjust. For this is a gracious thing, when mindful of God, one endures sorrows while suffering unjustly. For what credit is it if when you sin and you're beaten for it, you endure? But if when you do good and suffer for it, you endure, this is a gracious thing to the sight of God. For to this you have been called, because Christ also suffered for you, leaving you an example, so that you may follow in his steps. Stepping up, stepping out. We want to follow in his steps. Certainly with suffering, but you could apply this to anything that Jesus did. We want to follow in his steps. When he's reviled, he did not revile in return. When he suffered, he did not threaten but continued entrusting himself to him who judges justly. He himself bore our sins in his body on the tree that we might die to sin and live to righteousness. We want to walk in his steps, amen? So we celebrate what he's done for us to help us walk in his steps because we're thankful for what he did for us. That he gave his body for us, shared together as... And as he explained that this is what this represents, what I'm going to do for you, I'm giving of my body for you. Paul reminds us, and we do this in remembrance of what he's done as we seek to walk in his steps. So join me as we eat together, remembering what the Lord has done. gave all that you could for us. Thank you. 
You shed your blood for us too. So we're grateful for that. For they made possible the forgiveness of sin, as the author of Hebrews says. And so we do this in remembrance of you. We thank you. We look back and recognize what you've done. But we also look forward. Because you said every time we do this, we proclaim your death until he comes. And even as we sang earlier, it is well with my soul. We look forward to that day when you come. And we thank you for what you've done for us in forgiving us of our sin. So we drink together in remembrance of what you've done for us.